What's up, y'all? I am Chris Chows. Welcome back to the show. We got me. We got Kyle. No Jake today. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? It's it's going good. It feels like it has been a while since it's been just me and you. Like the last time was probably we did a Headliner You video together. Like at some point last year was probably the last time it was just us. Yeah, man. It's been a long time, man. We did. Uh, what did we do? Like uh, it wasn't even trying. It was a rookie. Last year's draft on Headliner You. That's what it was. Yep. It's been a while. Long time, man. Okay, fine. You know, I know you don't like me, but hey, you know, we can we can Ouch. do videos together. Ouch. <laughs> but here we are now. No video, but voice. There we go. Hopefully we can at least make up for some of what Jake brings to the table. I mean, uh, I think so. He doesn't bring it, a lot. Eh, depends on the day. <laughs> if he's had some sleep, he brings a lot. That's true. But hey. the thing is, is, he's on vacation right now, so he might not even not listen to this when it drops right away. So we can just get away with whatever we want to. You know what? He'll probably turn it on tomorrow morning and be like, "Those bastards, son of a gun, <laughs> son of a bitches." <laughs> but nevertheless, man, we are getting closer. If you can believe it, it is August twenty third today that we are recording this, and I mean, good lord, football season is back. I was just dropped my first video for college. On headline, are you today? This is being Tuesday, so check that one out. It's a, I'm excited, man. Football in general is coming back. College, NFL does not matter. It is ball. It is good. But the Chargers, man, the Chargers keep spending dough, uh, Kyle. And I mean, Derwin James, he gets signed to a massive extension, four years, seventy-six point four million dollars, forty-two million dollars guaranteed. And, you know, I was like, okay, this guy's usually injured, but I looked back at his stat line. He really only lost uh, the season two years ago, played in 15 contests. And we know when he's on the field, he's an absolute force and a dog. Mm-hmm. But I mean, 76.4 million highest paid safety ever to play in the NFL. That's a lot of change for a safety. And then, I mean, by the time it's all said and done, he might be one of the best because he is truly one of those safeties that can do just anything that you want him to do. I mean, ask Travis Kelsey. Mm. Derwin James trying to line up with Ch- Travis Kelsey is just you go Derwin James wins that matchup a lot of the time so when you've got a guy like that in a pass heavy division that he can go into coverage he can play man to man he can he can get those running backs coming out of the backfield he can sack the court I mean, when you got guys like that in a division like that you want to wrap them up for as long as possible so well deserved it is a little surprising to see so much cash coming out because I mean you're gonna have some players to resign here <laughs> and Herbert's deals coming up in what three years. So they're going to have oh, to extend man. him, but they're just, they're, they're feeling themselves, man. They feel like this roster is ready to go. And I, I, it's hard to argue. I mean, I saw somebody post on Twitter. They're like, can you believe that Florida had Derwin James and uh, Jalen Ramsey on the same roster and never won? <laughs> I'm like, yes, that's so true. Holy cow. Yeah. yeah. Big, big ups for them, but nevertheless, we'll move on to Deshaun Watson. I know this news is already old, but we haven't discussed it on the pod, and I really wanted to bring this up because it's 11 games on the new agreement that he did make with the NFL and the NFLPA. He takes, what, a $5 million fine as well, which is supposed to be donated to charity. And then, I mean, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I've been doing a couple drafts already. And you're starting to see some hesitation on where people are drafting Cleveland Brown players and myself included. I am a Nick Chubb uh, supporter through and through always will be because I I believe in the man. I think he's a fabulous running back. Amari Cooper. I'm kind of off the train with Deshaun. Maybe I'd be back on it, but I kind of fell off it even with 
Deshaun on the field because I think there's better value elsewhere. But does this devalue some of these players now in Cleveland is kind of where I'm going with this because I'm feeling it a little bit. I'm going to remember when we had the conversation about Barkley over Chubb. I'm, I'm taking it now because of these types of situations. And it's not that Nick Chubb, we were talking, you know, he can beat stack boxes. But eventually, man, with Jacoby Brissett for 11 games, if he's going to have to be running the ball through like heavy traffic all game long, the body punishment's going to come. And then, you know, potential to injury is, is a lot higher, in my opinion. Yeah, this was I mean, this was an interesting question because it's been such a roller coaster. It was like, OK, we know we're going to be missing Watson, but for how long? And then we found out we are going to be missing Watson, but it was only supposed to be for a few games. So now all of a sudden it's like, OK, some of these guys can change a little bit. Oh, no. Now we're missing him for 11 games. So it feels like it's just been like a roller coaster with Browns players all offseason. And I think just the the drain on the general public of needing to hear about all of this consistently and the arguments about, you know, whether or not he got enough or he didn't. I think really a lot of people are just off the Browns because of all the noise. They're just like, they're like, I don't even care about what it means for fantasy football. I'm just not drafting them because I just, I can't handle it anymore. I don't want to hear about it in the season. I don't want to have to worry about it, anything like that. So a majority of them, I feel like you've gotten pretty good value with all year. Now, if Deshaun Watson would have stuck with what was the first one, four games, four games, right? Four or five. Or five. Yeah. Five. Yeah. So if they would have stuck with the first one, you know, if Amari Cooper stays in the third round with that, I think that's pretty darn decent. Now, really for me to buy in, I do think you've got to go a little bit lower than that. I think you got to fall to like the fourth or the fifth. So I do think it devalues him a little bit. Uh, with Nick Chubb, I've kind of left him in the same spot because with Nick Chubb, I've had him at like running back 13, basically all off season long um, because there's just I mean, there's guys coming back this year. Barkley and McCaffrey, obviously, that got a lot of upside. So I've got to put them again, uh, you know, above Chubb right now. You know, you've got some breakout candidates that could jump above him like a DeAndre Swift because of his passing game work potentially. So I, I kind of left him there with it anyway, because I never felt like I was too high on him to begin with. So I kind of built in some of that reduced ceiling anyway, I felt like. So I left him there. I think Hunt is a guy that I'm surprised his ADP hasn't jumped. It's out of all of them, you know, the, the well, Brissett will probably, you know, dump off to Hunt and they'll have to use him to spell a job. I'm surprised his hasn't jumped. He would be the guy that I feel like would be most benefited from not having Watson where everybody else it's like, no, we're knocking them for not having Watson. It feels like hunt would actually be benefited from Brissett, but you know, I've mentioned it a few times this off season already, you know, the, the talent that they had in Indianapolis when Brissett was there is not nearly what they have here. So for anybody that's just automatically like, well, you know, Brissett's an awful quarterback. I don't it's not, think, it's not true. Yeah, yeah, it's not true. I don't think that's I don't think that's a fair representation of his talent level. So for me, it, it's one of those things where I feel like I've already kind of built all of it in. The one person that I think ended up hurting the most was Donovan Peoples Jones, because if Watson would have been on the field for a majority of the season, I thought we could have seen a breakout campaign from DPJ. Um, but that's going to have to wait until next year, I think. Yeah. And I mean, I'm with you on the hunt thing, too, because. And it's not even to the point of saying that I believe that Cleveland is going to be a team that's going to be playing from behind constantly every single week, because I don't think that's the case. Their defense is good enough to keep them in games. Uh, Jacoby Brissett is a good quarterback to a point where you can trust him to manage the game properly, like Alex Smith type of deal. And I, I think, okay, fine. In the, in the worst possible situations at the end of the game, where if they're trying to climb back and claw back, 
We've seen Jacoby give the game away in Indianapolis, especially. We've seen that happen how many times? If that's the case, then fine. But that means they're still competitive within the game the entire time. You know, as I'm talking about this, I don't even think that I'm I'm devaluing Nick Chubb either. I just it's one of those things where I would rather have other quarter or running backs above him at this point. If I if I land with a Nick Chubb because the value is there, then fine. I, I still have no issues with it because, like I said, they're going to control the clock. You know, they're going to probably still install RPOs because Jacoby's a mobile quarterback. So, I mean, OK, what's his ceiling really this year? Thirty five hundred throwing yards, 22 touchdowns. 10 interceptions. Like that's kind of what you're expecting from a Jacoby Brissett this year. Is that enough to feed a wide receiver room? Maybe not to high end levels. Maybe flex play is your, your best opportunity. And perhaps David Bell is the guy that's also going to get checkdowns like a Kareem hunt. And I think those two maybe late you would, you would take a stab on a David Bell or waiver wire. I think that one's okay. Yeah. I've, for, for being as excited as I was about David Bell going to Cleveland when he was drafted, I seem to be forgetting about him during draft season right now. But yeah, he is definitely one that will be very interesting to watch. But I think, I mean, I think this entire team all season is going to end up being inconsistent. I think you're going to have some weeks where Amari Cooper does have a big game and he does help you win a week. I think you're going to he- see some huge weeks from, you know, Nick Chubb. I think you're going to see some big weeks from Kareem Hunt. Like we said, David Bell is going to have some decent weeks. But then I also think there's going to be weeks where the entire offense just sucks. And you're just going to have to be like, shit, like I lost my week because of that. Totally. Yeah, no, it's poor Cleveland, man. Just don't be, you know, standing in front of stadiums with a bad signage with your child. And maybe, you know, (laughs) it's rolling around Twitter, man. I just, I got, you know what? I got no comments. We're going to leave people how they are. (laughs) Yeah, Baker Mayfield. He is the announced starting quarterback for those Carolina Panthers. We're sticking with Cleveland on the opposite end. The they traded show Baker. is back. He's back, baby. And I'm actually for it. I'm rooting for Baker this year. And I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the Cleveland stench. Sorry, Cleveland Browns fans. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but I'm I'm rooting for Baker because of how they treated him dirty on the on the exit strategy. And I mean, he he wins the job outright with Sam Darnold. Darnold actually is pretty classy dude himself saying, you know, the competition was extremely fair and I just got beat out. So for me, you can't hate when a when a teammate can actually, you know, step up and man up and show that, you know, he just lost to a better quarterback. And then on the side note, rookie Matt Corral headed to IR with a Liz Frank injury. That's sad for him, even though he likely wasn't going to play and it's one of those things that it's kind of semantics anyway it's actually in the benefit for the carolina panthers because now they can put uh corral on the ir and not have to waste a roster spot for him so i mean the bake show playing cleveland week one i'm sitting here already you know scratching my start sits and i'm saying start baker week one because i think (laughs) they're gonna destroy those cleveland browns either baker is gonna come out and have one hell of a game or Miles Garrett is going to be up his backside the entire game. It's not going to be one or the other. Uh, So, I mean, it's funny, though, because I do want to just, you know, just some of the people out there in the comments of the YouTube videos that were like, you're just assuming Baker Mayfield is going to be the starter. There's no way they're going to make him the starter. Suck it, people. We told you. We told you. They weren't going to trade for him if they didn't realistically think that he could win the starting job. Right. And was he that much better than Sam Darnold this preseason? I mean, not really. His games go, not really. You know, oh, as yeah. far as practices go, it sounded like, you know, Baker at times was a little bit better than Sam Darnold. 
I think this is better case scenario for this team, though. I do think that Baker Mayfield is still above Sam Darnold in terms of NFL talent level. I like this for DJ Moore. I like it a lot. Now, maybe the touchdowns won't be there again for another season, but I think the targets are going to be there. I think the receptions are going to be there. I think the yards are going to be there. And as a guy that you can get, where is he going now? He's going still like 15th, no? Um, Wide receiver 15th. So 40th, 40th-ish overall, somewhere in that area is where he's going right now. I think that's pretty solid value because I think low or I think high wide receiver two is probably his upside if he's not scoring touchdowns. But if you get him as your wide receiver two, I think he's going to be consistently okay all season long. So he's going to have some pretty decent games, but I don't think he's going to be a guy that loses you any weeks. I I don't think Robbie Anderson will still be a thing, even though I wasn't anticipating him being a thing either. And I think as long as Christian McCaffrey stays healthy, that's really going to help, you know, Baker Mayfield and, Hopefully they just utilize them a lot better. Get back to the way they you you know Cleveland utilized them two years ago on the rollouts and the play mm-hmm. action and getting them moving a little bit and throwing out of the pocket. That's a much better Baker Mayfield there for me. So hopefully they just utilize that talent a little bit better and he gets a second shot. I love it all day long for Baker and I never thought I'd say that because I was such a hater on Baker because of you know. And it's not even the attitude. You know, it was the podcast he was on with his buddies kind of changed my perspective of the guy. He's a confident individual, and I'm all for that. It just sometimes it, it, it views as arrogance. But I mean, you know, when you're talking the Cleve or the, the Carolina Panthers, excuse me, they're they're looking already fielding calls on our boy Terrace Marshall, if you can believe it. So that's actually interesting news that I saw today, too. And I mean, this offense to me, and I'm actually a fan of this for DJ Moore more than anything, because even Landry in his day with with Baker, he was able to put up six to seven touchdowns. And I mean, that that instantly catapults DJ Moore to a higher trajectory in end season numbers than he ever has been because he's been a 90 catch uh, wide receiver, you know, 1100 yards, but it's those four damn touchdowns that constantly kill you. So if, if you're talking about bus rate on his games, I mean, he's still, his bus rate is still like what eight games. So he's like 50% basically, if you can get him at like 55, 60%, that means now all of a sudden you got an extra two games that you could potentially win on his back. And that's all glory for me. And I'm, I'm, I've always been a fan of DJ Moore. It's just, you know, for me, it was just where are you going to put him? I love him as my flex. You could just never get him as your flex. Mm-hmm. And unless you made a trade in season to get yourself a, a higher end wide receiver. But if CMC can stay healthy, I think this, this is the type of offense that a Baker Mayfield should be able to exploit on the regular. I mean, I, I don't want him to trade Terrace Marshall Jr. Now, also, my bad on being upset that the Lions drafted Amon Ross St. Brown and not Terrace Marshall Jr. last year. I missed on that one. Worked um, out for your benefit, for sure. It, yeah, it's worked out just fine. Worked out just fine, so I'm okay being wrong. Um, I still think he's an uber-talented wide receiver, though. I mean, this is a guy that was, you know, with tons of wide receivers around him, was still putting up decent numbers at LSU. So, I mean, he is a guy that has the talent level to win at the NFL. I don't want to see him trade him, though. Because I think that benefits the team. Yeah, maybe it doesn't make him fantasy relevant, from, but from a football standpoint, if you can have him and Robbie Anderson on the outside and then put DJ Moore in the slot and let him exploit that, whew, that's where all of a sudden now we could potentially see his ceiling go up. I just feel like on the outside, I was like, I, I just don't think you utilize him to the best of his ability out there. I mean, he's been a big play guy in the past, but he's not your straight line guy. I mean, that's Robbie Anderson. Let him do that crap over there. He's a great route runner. Let him run some really great crisp routes, throw some guys off over the middle, mismatch them, put them in that situation. 
See, and it's interesting because Rashad Higgins is the one that would take the role. And the only argument you can put to that is saying just because he has chemistry with Baker Mayfield from Cleveland is why you're going to entertain that over Terrace Marshall. But obviously he hasn't done enough in camp to, you know, turn heads, but I'm for it, man. Baker, let's go, man. Bake it up in in Carolina and I'll, I'll buy some pies. He's got to say bake show though. Cause last year we had to change it to the bake sale because he was playing so poorly. We got to get back to the bake show. It's facts, man. This one might hurt you a little bit because this is your boy, Matthew Stafford, man. This elbow has not been doing well so far, this uh, training camp and preseason. And then, you know, it hasn't been discussed in the masses very much. It's been kind of under wraps. LA's done a very good job in keeping it under wraps, except for this one. It says, you know, Stafford recently said managing the elbow issue will be a matter of load management during the days off and in the regular season. I got massive question marks to this one based on concern level because we know Matthew Stafford. He is the, the, the men of all men, grown ass man. He's going to play with his arm falling off. Like that's going to throw a touchdown with his arm literally out of the socket. That's right. Cause we've seen it before and I have no doubt that he's going to suit up every single week, but how much is pain tolerance for Matthew Stafford, especially in this offense where we've been preaching up guys like Allen Robinson. Like some people, I'm kind of off the Cam Akers bandwagon at this point, unless the the value drops to me 100%. But this offense definitely showed that it needed a Matthew Stafford to, you know, be the the guy, obviously. I mean, how concerned are you? I mean, you've seen Matthew Stafford play for many, many years as a Lions fan. I've seen him play. I mean, does this concern you at all? Or is this just, you know, okay, it is what it is. So... It depends if it's just playing through some type of discomfort or playing through some type of pain, he's going to be, he, he's going to go out there and he's going to play and he's going to be fine. It's if, and when the pain would start to change how he throws the football, mm. that is where I would start to get worried because I mean, you don't talk about it because again, you know, they even talked about it a little bit. This is more of like a baseball injury. Like That's this right. is the type of an injury that a baseball player would have. And a lot of time when you talk about pitchers and you talk about their arm angle, guys who get hurt will sometimes drop their arm angle. Cause to get your arm up so high, it causes a lot of discomfort. They drop their arm angle down and that causes pitches to lay flat as they would say. So like you don't get as much on your curveball, your sliders, they tend to hang up a little bit more And that is when, like, at a baseball level, people start to really worry about pitchers. Hey, is your arm bothering you because you're dropping your arm slot? You're laying everything flat. We got to get you out of there. So for Stafford, does the arm angle change? Does the way he throws the football change? Does he start to get hesitant? If he's bothered by his arm and he can't sling it maybe like he would normally do, does that close some of those tight windows? Does that? So there's a lot of things there where, if the arm is bothering him to the point that it starts making him change things, then we've got an issue. But I mean, we see this all the time, like towards the latter end of the year or middle of the year, like guys stop practicing for like two days a week and everyone freaks out and they're like, Oh my God, is he going to play this week? Yeah. yeah. They just don't want him getting knocked around in practice. So he's not going to practice for that might just be Stafford all season long. You know, it just might be a thing where he may only practice on, you know, Friday, for a little bit. He'll do the walkthroughs and everything, but he's a vet. He's been in the offense for a year now. He's got chemistry with Cup, obviously. He's got the chemistry with Van Jefferson. 
you know, doesn't quite have it maybe at this point with Allen Robinson, but Allen Robinson's a top tier wide receiver. So they should be able to connect with that. Well, so, you know, as of right now, I'm okay with it because if you're managing the pain, you're probably going to be fine. It's when the pain starts to change things that at that point it's, and if Stafford goes down, LA's in trouble. Big time. And LA that's where, is in trouble. And that's where I'm going because it's not only for fantasy football. You're talking trying to repeat is one of the harder things to do in any major sport in in all, you know, major sports. But this one, this one does concern me just a tad because they've been too quiet on it. And then now that it's just coming out, we're a week away from the start of the regular season. Well, a preseason week and then and then a couple days, obviously, it starts September 8th. But I mean this does concern me enough to a point to say that I wouldn't fade, obviously, Cooper Cup. You're not going to fade an Allen Robinson because his ADP is just glorious anyway. But I, Stafford was one of these guys that I was sitting there saying, you know, I'm okay to wait on my quarterback because Matthew Stafford's sitting right there and I can load up on my RBs and my wide receivers all the, the entire time. And then as soon as you see a run on quarterbacks, hey, there's Matthew Stafford. You go hit the, the draft button and you're you're sitting pretty. I got to rethink that now just a little bit because, again, I get it. Okay, load management, you know, how severe is it? We won't know for sure. But it's just one of those things in the back of my mind. Do I want to deal with that headache all season long? What is going on with NFL quarterbacks right now? Stafford's arms bothering him. Yeah. We've got Tom Brady missing practice for the mass singer, apparently. <laughs> which he which he debunked. We've got We've got Patrick Mahomes getting dissed by his former teammates. All because over the place. All over the place. Sammy Watkins coming out. I believe it was today or yesterday saying yep. that Aaron Rodgers is on a whole nother level. Than, oh, my God. Like some of these top tier quarterbacks, it's like, what are y'all doing right now? Like, what's what's the vibe around quarterbacks? I don't like it. I, I think it's funny that everyone's coming out and bashing Mahomes. What does this man do to you, man? Did he cheat with, with all your girlfriends or what the hell is going on? Like Tyreek is just like slaying darts over there yeah. at uh, Mahomes. Like, and, and I mean – some of it has got to be like just yeah, I want to gain the confidence of my new quarterback. Sure. I get that. But hell, you can do that without blasting your former quarterback in the press. Holy crap. I don't want to come from Sammy Watkins. Jesus, man. Yeah, it's it's crazy because he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's proved it. Like, what what's the totally. point? And and saying that Rodgers is better. It's a weird, it's a weird flex. I, I don't it get is. it either. I, I, I'm so confused, but Stafford, you're concerning me, dude. I don't like it. But with the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, I mean, they're releasing Kenya and Drake. I not like a, this one. Not a big surprise to me. And I like it too. And, and the reason I say this, it's not a surprise, not only for the money, they overpaid the men. So it was a, it was a no brainer cap decision. But the fact that this Raiders team, okay, we're talking about Josh Jacobs, we're talking about Bolden, and then it's Zamir White. This is Britton Brown, man, this UCLA rookie, he has impressed this preseason. Let me break it down. He is 6'1", 205 in stature, and in his two games that he's played, 23 carries, one. Four and one touchdown. He has looked decisive. He has had good vision and patience. He has found the end zone. He's got some bully to him. I don't know, man. Zamir might have some competition on his hands because Britton Brown looks like he's he's ready to go. For me personally, I'm really, really hoping they run the shit out of Josh Jacobs this year. You don't <laughs> have him signed for next year. Let him run. Let him be the guy this year. Let your young running backs come in, experience it, get used to the playbook, all of that good stuff. 
cut ties with Jacobs after the season. And now you've got these two guys that could step in and be that one, two punch that we see everybody around the NFL doing now. So for me, I'm hoping this is good for Josh Jacobs. I would like to say it is, but who in the heck knows at this point, because it's the Raiders. Now, obviously Josh McDaniels and the running back committee, we've heard that, you know, storyline over the off season, but I mean, I would have to imagine Jacobs is going to get at least 250 carries this year, 250, at least. Do you at think so? At least I think so. I'm with you. Okay. Okay. Yeah, definitely, Good. Definitely. Because that's what I need. If he can get 250 carries, I think we're looking at a guy that's easy, easy RB2. Not the RB2, a RB2. A RB2, yeah. And I mean, he's right now, what, 503 RB20. Oh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting topic for me because he's been, Josh McDaniels has been way too coy on this running back room. And everyone is just going to be under the assumption that they're going to do the uh, New England Patriot way where they're going to have like three or four running backs stealing the show. Maybe they will. But them releasing Kenyon Drake for rookie running backs is a big sign to me that says they want to use Josh Jacobs more. They don't want to rely on a rookie, especially in a division where you're going to have to put up points, where you're going to have to control the clock. Who better than your fifth-year running back who... Okay, he's going to be pissed off. He wants to show what he can do so that he can get his bag this offseason. I don't know. I'm with it, man. I think that, you know, every time I can get Josh Jacobs, I think I'm smashing it, even though all the, you know, mantra around the the, the media right now in the news is saying that Jacobs isn't going to be the guy and he's going to lose his RB1 title. I just, I don't see it. I think they're going to run him in the ground like you're saying. Yeah, I mean, could it happen? Yeah, it could. I mean, Josh Jacobs obviously is not... Josh McDaniels guy. Um, he comes from a regime that may have overdrafted him a little bit because that's was the regime's MO overdrafting guys. Um, I just, I find it hard to believe if I'm an NFL head coach and I'm coming into a new situation, I want to lean on the veterans that first year that are like, okay, these guys have been here. They've done it before. That's going to hurt help with the transition. And Jacobs isn't any slouch. It's not like he's been awful since coming into the league. Yeah, he could probably be a little bit more efficient, but he's handled the volume well since coming in. I mean, heck, he's played 15 games each of the last two years, and he missed three games his first season. So he hasn't been, like, injury prone. Yep. So give him his due. Let him let him run the ball. Let Rely on it. And you know what? If he screws it up, then get him out of there. But let sure. him start the year. Let him be that guy to begin the season. And injuries were the only thing that really hampered the man outside of that. I mean, and he still played it, Yeah. He was playing hurt, which is a piss off, especially for fantasy football players. Right. It's like a Julio Jones syndrome, but I mean, I, I don't see it. I just, it's one of those things where Josh McDaniels wants to be the guy that's going to try to out convince or out coach other coaches for the first two weeks and say, Oh, we're going committee approach. And then bam, bam, they give Josh Jacobs 25 touches. Like that's just, it, that reeks of Josh McDaniels thinking he's smarter than everybody else. And then, okay, fine. It might gain you two extra victories. I wonder where he learned good. that from. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there, there it's the MO from new England, but I'm with it. I, but this, this guy, this Britton Brown, if you guys don't know him, I mean, definitely check out his film. He is one to definitely look at. Uh, Cause he he's impressed me a lot and he looks, he looks damn good. He might be an early season waiver wire pickup. If Jacobs were to get hurt. Totally. He's, he's looking very, very, so go to your platform. Sure. If you've already drafted, 
go to the area your watch list click on it add them done him and zamir white you got to add them on that watch list just in case because yeah. i mean they're looking good <sighs> matt lafleur matt lafleur and these packers they're you know making life difficult for us fantasy managers and this is what he says today. He says Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are 1A and 1A in backfield options. And, I mean, we knew this was coming. Fine. We know what Matt LaFleur wants to do with A.J. Dillon. He's trying to replicate something like he had with a King Henry. He, he wants to have a bulldozer type of running back that he can trust in-game, late-in-game, goal line, short yardage. And then he's going to, you know, use Aaron Jones as his, uh, you know, explosive type of running back now, especially without the point of saying you don't have Devontae Adams. So this is where I'm going with this, because it's interesting to me if Matt LaFleur, he's been a fabulous coach since going to uh, Green Bay. No question. Winning record is, is stellar. He's up, up on top of the league for the time he's coached being an NFL head coach. If he can actually appropriately adjust and manipulate this roster now with these two running backs being a focal point with the loss of a Devonte Adams I'm going to start saying that this guy is starting to become a genius in my mind because we don't see coaches often do that we only see Bill Belichick he works with what he has on his roster and he he, he changes as it goes based on what the roster gives him other coaches pigeonhole other guys to try to take a role to fit the schemes like a Cliff Kingsbury for example try to fit the schemes and it just doesn't work because that's not the skill set of said player. If, if Matt LaFleur can make this offense work with the run game, ease up on Rodgers just a little bit. Rodgers can play off that play action pass, his rollouts, and find his wide receivers, which is going to be, you know, in the aggregate of, you know, point production. This Green Bay Packer offense might be very different than what we've, we've gotten used to in the past. Part of me feels like Matt LaFleur really, really wished Aaron Jones wasn't there. <laughs> He wants to give A.J. Dillon every single touch he possibly could. But with that being said, I think he respects and understands the fact that Aaron Jones is a really good player. And again, he's going to utilize him because he's right. there and he's a good player. So that's what you're going to do. Um, This offense is going to be interesting this year. It's going to be very interesting. I think Matt LaFleur is one of those coaches. I think he's kind of looked down upon because he has Aaron Rodgers. Mm. I feel like he could be really, really successful with anybody, not really anybody, but another quarterback that would be not as, you know, not as good as Aaron Rodgers, because I do believe, like you mentioned, he's got that mindset that he knows how to utilize his roster. I mean, to me, he kind of feels like Kyle Shanahan. Like, that's what it yes, feels like. Like, absolutely. he knows how to utilize everybody. He knows how to put guys in positions to win. He's just been helped by the fact that he's got Aaron Rodgers. So he's kind of rolled with it. but. Rogers getting older, not having all the wide receivers that they used to have. It's going to allow him to probably be a little bit more creative this season. And I'm here for it. And that's one of the reasons why I've been like, I'm smashing Aaron Jones. Like uh, if you like, if you have to take him early second, do it. If you don't think he's going to get back to you, take him, you know, before I am all for smashing AJ Dillon and putting him in your roster. I mean, if you own both of them, I don't know if I'd be super upset about it either. I think they're both going to get passing game work. They're going to get work on the ground. They're both going to score touchdowns and they're both going to put up fantasy points every single week. They're obviously going to hurt each other a little bit and bring that ceiling down. But mm -hmm. you might have, you know, AJ Dillon one week might score a touchdown on the ground, get you 50 yards or something like that. Be a respectable start. Aaron Jones might go off and have over 100 receiving yards and then they might switch another week, but they're both going to be fantasy viable. 
And see, it, it reminds me last year, I had a manager in one of my leagues. He actually played Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the same game and in the same week. And, and it, it panned out. They both hit. And this is one of those offenses, like you're saying, because of, you know, the potential lack of top end wide receiver talent. Okay. Romeo Dobbs, he's going off. And then you got Christian Watson coming back from his knee injury. But again, they're, they're a work in progress. We don't know just because Dobbs has had a great preseason. That doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate into the regular season. Alan Lazard is a guy I'm kind of looking at more and more as this offseason has gone on, simply because he has the most chemistry with an Aaron Rodgers. Yes, injuries are the problem. Yes, separation at times is a problem. But I think Alan Lazard is one of those sneaky guys. It's not like you got to pay a lot to get his services. And if he bunks out for the first three weeks, throw his ass on the waiver, try to trade him. I don't know. I think he's a very good low, uh, late round, low rent option. Well, he could. I mean, he could be a guy that maybe only has 800 receiving yards, but he scores 10 to 12 touchdowns. Sure, like, exactly. He's going to be super touchdown dependent. He's not going to put up a ton of volume. But he's going to be a guy that's looked at in the red zone. He might, you know, be a guy there, you know, in the the end zone, tossing it up to him a little bit. I mean, definitely work. I mean, if you start three wide receivers, throwing him in as your wide receiver three every single week, I can think you could do a lot worse. Totally. And, and the point production will be there. Oh, this Green Bay Packers. Now, if he offense. doesn't score a touchdown, it might not be a great week. Yeah, it won't be. It'll be like five or six points because you'll get probably six receptions and that's it. I don't know. It's interesting, man. It reminds me of your Detroit Lions when they lost Calvin Johnson. It's just it's one of those. It just screams. You have to you have to move the ball in every situation. And maybe this makes them more dynamic because nobody knows who the wide receiver one's going to be week in, week out. Even a Robert Tunyon. If that guy can get on the get on the damn field, you mofo, because I want to draft you because I think that's going to be touchdown huge upside. And we saw what Stafford did when Calvin Johnson left, like his entire career. Like we saw these highlight real plays where. Matthew Stafford throws the ball up to Calvin Johnson and Calvin Johnson comes down in between 15 defenders just because a few guys had to run off the bench to try and help block. Right. You know, (laughs) and he still comes out like, and people always knocked him for that. And it was like, now I understand that Aaron Rodgers has had a better career than Matthew Stafford. I'm not saying that, but I don't feel like we've talked about nearly enough this year where it's been like, well, Aaron Rodgers has relied on Devontae Adams for the last few seasons. And he relied on Jordy Nelson when Jordy Nelson was there. It, it doesn't feel like everybody has talked about Rodgers the same way they talked about Stafford, where they were like, oh, Stafford lost Calvin Johnson. He can't spread the ball around. He doesn't know how to do that. Sure as hell did. Got the ball to Marvin Jones. Got the ball to Golden Tate. Threw the ball all over the place. Was just fine after that. Yep. Aaron Rodgers is going to be, you know, he's going to end up being just fine. That's probably why no one's talking about it, but. You know, I don't feel like he's being knocked at all for it either, where people are like, you know, what's this going to look like this year? You know, is he going to find a guy and lock onto him? Or, you know, are we talking about Alan Lazard? And all of a sudden we see, well, Alan Lazard doesn't even get 800 yards because everybody and their mother is going to get 70 plus targets, but no one's going to get more than 100. <laughs> so right. it just, you know, that's what it feels like to me. It's one of those things. I mean, argumentative that it could be one of the worst wide receiver rooms he's had in his entire career. I mean, Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, rookies, Romeo Dobbs, Watson, like I said. I mean, so you can make that argument to say maybe, okay, you got potential in in Dobbs and Watson because of their speed and their, you know, potential electric playmaking ability. But I mean, Randall Cobb is getting to the point where we can almost call him washed. I mean, Sammy Watkins is a band-aid and spends all his time in the medical room. He'll go off week one. He will. (laughs) Yeah, he'll he'll play week one and get you like three touchdowns and then that's it. That's the last time you'll see him. 
it's interesting. This Green Bay Packers offense is definitely interesting this year, and I'm 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 excited to see it. I want to see what Aaron Rodgers can do, but let's shift gears to my Buffalo Bills, and only reason because I'm not happy about this one because Zach Moss has resurrected himself a little bit. And I just want him to go away. Uh, I mean, fine. Uh, you know, we need some goal line <laughs> rushing upside. I get it. Okay. Shit, man. But you're, you're messing with the mojo of what I wanted it to be. I was good with Devin Singletary and James Cook being the guys. And I thought that, you know, this would give them a, a good dynamic that the Bills offense requires because I'm still not sold on Moss, even though he has shown better vision this preseason, but it has been against lesser defenses. So I'm taking it with a grain of salt. I want to see week one and him getting stuffed behind the line like we always had. And then the Bills are going to be like, shit, why did we keep this man? Because I do believe that this will hamper it because they're saying right now the, the running back corp is going to be a muddy three-person committee at this point, the way things are shaping up. And I fucking hate it for my bills because I believe they got to shit or get off the pot, pick a lane, go Devin Singletary, go James cook, work with that. Unless you have an injury, then fine. Put Moss in, but don't be doing this three headed monster shit in Buffalo. We're going to see Devin Singletary on first and second down in between the twenties. We're going to see James cook in on third down spelling Singletary from time to time, getting some touches on the ground. And then you're going to see Zach Moss when you get like inside the 10 and you're never, ever going to know. I mean, I'm in all my rosters, right? If I had to pick one guy, I'm picking James cook. I'm going to yep. pick James cook because he's the most complete back. He's the guy that has the biggest upside of the three, as much as it hurts me to say that about Devin Singletary. Cause I love me some damn it, Devin, yep. but it's like, you can't, you're right. They just need to shit or get off the pot. Shit like, or get off is, the pot. Why is why is Moss still there? Uh it it it's he's gonna score. I mean, he's gonna end up scoring like seven times. He's gonna be what Mike Tolbert was. Yes, he will be. Dude's gonna come in, he's gonna vulture all these touchdowns, and we're gonna hate him even more because of that. And the people who love Zach Moss are gonna think it's awesome because it's gonna make them feel like he's super good. <laughs> right. We all know. Who you're talking about oh right now? Oh my gosh! I know. It's I'd be like, look, told you, Zach Moss. Yeah. Zach Moss is going to have 215 yards on 75 carries and seven touchdowns this yeah. season. It's ridiculous, man. This is why I wanted Travis Etienne. This is why I was happy when they drafted James Cook because we were finally coming out of this purgatory of having shit. When you want yourselves an explosive running back, this actually hurts Josh Allen as well when it comes to goal line rushing upside. Potentially, if Zach Moss figures out his vision problem where he can actually find the holes, find the cutback lanes, this will be one of those situations where the Bills understand, hey, we know what Josh Allen can do. Hey, we're not going to tell Josh Allen not to run but this is where we need you to do protect your body on the goal line because you're the super bowl. Otherwise we're done as well. So this is kind of why I believe they're flirting with this idea with keeping Zach Moss because Hey, who cares if he gets hurt at Zach Moss? Sorry, Zach, I'm not trying to be offensive to you, but it's, it's the facts, man. Josh Allen is the franchise and you got to protect him. And I think that's kind of what they're kind of doing here. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. But I mean, I still, Zach Moss is going to have a short leash though. I mean, I don't Very. think, and that's why, that's why I'm going to bet on James Cook, because I think he is the guy that if one of these two falters, he's going to be the guy to see the most volume increase the quickest. So that's why I'll bet on him. Now, if he does all right, but maybe they do look at him as more of a pass catching back this year and more of a complimentary role. You know, Singletary is a guy that is going to find himself in the RB3 zone. If we can get Moss out of there, 
And if Singletary can be utilized the way he was at the end of last season, he's going to find himself in that RB3 category. But until that, until something happens with Moss, that's that's not even going to be close. See, and I'm, I'm confused as well, because did you watch? I don't know if you caught the Denver Bills game where you saw Cook and he he was he was taking off good chunk yards and mm-hmm. it was showing because in the, in the first game he was getting his feet wet. You know, he wasn't finding the hole, very limited yardage, et cetera, et cetera. But in this contest, they actually open up the playbook a little bit to say, hey, it's change of direction, you know, outside runs. And he was doing it very, very well. And I think that's exactly what this Bills offense totally requires. When you need the four yards and he gets you 10, that's exactly what this offense desperately needed. So I'm with you. I think James Cook is the guy, especially with the fact of the ability in the pass game where he can do those angle routes coming out of the backfield, going over the middle. Josh hits him in stride. And I mean, it's off to the races, right? So I think maybe I think that, you know, the media is trying to spin this to be something that it isn't. If Zach Moss is your reserve RB three on this offense, fine. I'll take it. That's fine. No problem. But don't, don't be in there vulturing shit and taking touches away from yeah. Devin and James because it's not necessary. Yep. Yep. No, you gotta just stop with the Zach. Moss. I, don't want, I don't know what else to say about Zach boss. Cause I felt like I've already said it all in the past. I know it's true, man. It's enough already, <laughs> man. James Robinson, he's coming back from his Achilles injury, expected to be ready for week one, even though they're saying that Travis Etienne is likely going to be the RB1 for the first, uh, you know, three to four weeks, depending on how Robinson does come back. You know, James Robinson has been climbing up my board just a little bit because I'm intrigued more than anything, because you have still a young quarterback, you have an offense with a head coach who likes to rotate his running backs, isn't trusting one back with uh, Doug Peterson. I mean, so... I mean, what's your what's your trustworthy factor? I just created a word, but I mean, ADP RB what thirty nine forty at this point, and I'm I'm kind of feeling like at our ADP thirty nine, running back thirty nine, I'm okay with drafting him at that point and stashing him on my bench to say, you know, he will give you because he can catch. We've seen it before. It's not like it's a liability. He's gonna score you touchdowns because he is a bully on that line. So if he is healthy and they're gonna utilize Travis at the end like the explosion that he is. I think that this is could be James James Robinson could be a vulture just like we're talking about Zach Moss, but in a positive way, I guess. So this is me proving to people that I can set bias aside because James Robinson's my dude. Mm. James Robinson's my dude. I wrote and back when we were still doing like some articles on the fantasy yeah. headliners and hadn't switched to all video. I wrote an article. Before the 2020, 2020 season, I said, if Leonard Fournette is cut or traded, James right. Robinson is the guy that you need to grab. Like my all-time best call. We all have those calls that we'll always remember forever. So he's got a special place in my heart. But I cannot sit here and tell people that I'm out on Cam Akers and then be like, nope, I'm back in on James Robinson. I hear you. I, I can't do it. So for that, I mean, it, the it's, it's the Achilles thing for me. Like I got to see, there's just... There's far more evidence against running backs coming back from that injury than there is for them. And because of that, I mean, I just, I would rather be wrong and see him do great on another roster than be like at the end of the year, be like, damn it. I told myself that this was going to happen and look what happened. So my gut is, is I'm just going to stay away. Travis Etienne is explosive. Mm. He's great. Mm. This, this team, they used a first round pick on him last year. They need to find out what they have with him. They need to understand what he can do. 
I mean, and I think he's going to be successful. So even if they come out and say, yeah, Etienne is going to be the guy for the first, you know, four weeks or whatever, as James Robinson works his way back in, if Etienne is really, really good, Robinson's not going to work his way back in. Robinson is an undrafted free agent. As far as good as he has been, he doesn't have the draft capital over Etienne. They're going to need to prove themselves that that pick was worth it last year and that Urban Meyer didn't completely screw this organization, <laughs> even though it was very close. Yep. And because of that, they're just going to have to, they're going to have to see, but if ETN comes out and maybe he's not, you know, as, as good as they had hoped, and maybe it takes him a while to get going and Robinson shows that he's healthy. Then you, you run into a situation where ETN does find himself on the field a little bit less. Robinson's the early down back. You see maybe him a little bit more if, you know, if they're winning later in games and entrusting him with the offense, it could go either way, but there's just not enough evidence for me to go towards. Yep. I got to grab him right now. The only thing I'm going to say right now is hush your mouth on saying Travis Etienne won't do anything positive. Stop it. I like him too. I I know, but that should never come out of your mouth. Never come out of your mouth. I'm trying to go both ways, Chow. Shit, man. Don't go both ways on this one. I'm trying to, you know, fine. I'm trying to promote James Robinson a little bit, but it doesn't come at the expense of my guy, Travis Etienne. Shit. Oh, he's gonna, I mean, he's going to be, he's going to be good. I know you're excited for him. I'm I know ex- I'm I mean, excited, yeah. he's, he's a very, very good player. And you know, he lost all of last season. He's itching to get back out there too. Both of these running backs are. So I have, you know, I have, that's why I'm out on Robinson. Cause I just have a, I have a hard time believing that Etienne's is going to go out there and say, yep, here, have some of the, yeah. the rollback. Now he wants all of it. Yeah, I agree. I saw a very interesting sidebar. I mean, I saw a very interesting note on uh, Travis Etienne on film study and his running style. So if you ever watch him like from uh, uh, what is it? The cam on the top, like uh, uh, all 22 film. Mm -hmm. If you ever if you ever see Travis Etienne running toward you like he's going to the end zone, but you see him running toward you. Watch that. Uh, It's his right foot. The right foot plants to the outside every time he runs it's very unorthodox never noticed it before as i was doing a scouting report when i saw this i said oh shit this is probably why he got the liz frank this is one of these things you got to watch out for because that can actually put a lot of stress on the ankles and the calf so the risk to re-injury for travis Etienne could potentially be there even though he's ran like that his entire life because i even went back to clemson tape and he runs exactly the same that the left foot goes straight when he's running the right foot kind of bends to the outside a little bit as he's planting so definitely sidebar for all you film junkies like me but well that's not good they need to clear that up clear that up man make it straight put a boot on it i don't know what they got to do but seahawks let's talk some seahawks even though we shouldn't but the only reason why kenny walker the third dealing with a hernia problem they're saying it's not sports hernia but he did go in for some surgery he has uh, no timetable to return as per p uh, coach uh, p carroll I'm, I'm upset about this one. I really am because I thought Kenny was making strides. I thought he was going to be good. And you're laughing there for some reason. I have no idea. I'm not laughing. I'm just smiling because <laughs> I don't think we'll agree on this one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Go ahead. What, what are you talking? I, if Rashad Penny is healthy, I did not see him giving up a majority of the touches to Kenneth Walker. Fair and enough. I think Kenneth Walker is a good running back. I've got nothing against Kenneth Walker. But what we saw from Rashad Penny down the stretch is what Rashad Penny is. Mm. He just hasn't been healthy over his career. He hasn't been able to stay healthy long enough to put together that type of a stretch. I mean, he is an explosive back. He was coming out of SDSU. Yeah, a little undersized, but he was a guy that 
could blow up big plays and take guys down and, and do all of that. I, I was ready for it. And he just hasn't, he hasn't been healthy long enough. And now all of a sudden we're like, okay, he showed it last year, kind of in the same position that Josh Jacobs is like, you're not, they don't have the fifth year option picked up on him, So he's going to be essentially done at this point after this year, uh, unless somebody else picks him up. Cause I don't see the Seahawks resigning him unless he has like a monster season blows up. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it was always, you know, it was always going to be Rashad Penny season until Penny got hurt. And then it was going to be Walker's chance. So kind of, I feel like this helps clarify things a little bit because now if Walker takes some time to get back, you feel like as a team, anyway, you can really give Penny an opportunity to continue what he started last season. And if he does great. And if you're winning awesome, even though they won't win a lot of games this year, um, you know, but if he's doing great, then there's no need to rush Walker back. You can, you know, let him be. It's kind of the best of both worlds because now if you draft Penny and you grab Walker as well, you've got, you've got it saved. And really you're like, okay, instead of expecting 50, 50 splits, maybe to begin the season, we know Penny's going to be the guy Walker could come back at some point, but at least you're safe to start the year with Penny getting the majority of it. So I, I don't know. I feel like this adds a little clarification to maybe some, some issues people were having drafting. And it's, it's, it's a good point. And I mean, the reason why I'm saying this, because I did a video on both, or I think it was a, a trends video on Kenneth Walker. And I said, his trend was even and, and even, and some people didn't like it in the comments because of, what are you talking about? Kenneth Walker is the beast. He's going to take this role. Penny's always hurt. Okay. It is the argument. Penny can't stay healthy. That is the main issue. That's been his problem the entire time in, his, in the NFL in his career. But I'm with you. I thought even in and how I've been preaching the Kenneth Walker thing was likely by week eight, I saw a transition in this backfield being more 50-50. And if Kenneth Walker was to showcase the ability, even if Penny was healthy, I could see the changeover being, you know, forced by the coaching staff, especially if they were losing contests because they want to see what they have in Kenneth Walker in the in the in the chance they got to pay Rashad Penny some money in the offseason. So that's kind of where my logic was going in this sense. But now with him injured Kenneth Walker, I'm speaking of, I think it's, it's just such a shit situation for me because if any player I was going to take on the Seahawks offense, yes, later, if DK falls fine, I will take him. But I was really looking forward to the garbage time productivity that we all know we we would likely get from the running back room because you know, they're going to run out the clock. They're going to have check downs and we're going to see that transpire. This is what I was hoping Kenneth Walker was going to be. And now he's got some shit hanging from his hernia and it's not good, man. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, as soon as, as soon as he comes back and he, I, and this is the, I don't want him rushed back. Cause this is also concerning for me that Penny does get hurt. And all of a sudden you're like, all right, we got to get Walker back in there. Y'all aren't playing for nothing this year. Like let's, let's be honest. Drew Locke, Geno Smith are not taking you to the playoffs. doesn't matter nope. how good the players are around you. It's not going to happen in that division. So for me, it's like, okay, work Walker back slowly, regardless of what happens. Let him work back up to full speed. And then next year, he's the guy that can take over for you. There's no reason to get him re-hurt. Now he misses valuable playing time this year. That hurts going into next year. No, just stay safe with him. I'm with it. I'm with it because it's going to be Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, likely for the Hawks if they're going to be a bottom three team. So... 
I like that a lot better. I did mention this in a video I did the other day called the next 1.01. I listed like several players. I was like, who is like best app to go ahead and unseat Jonathan Taylor. And I left out Barkley and Henry and, um, and CMC because they've already, they've been up top for so long. So Mm -hmm. I took that. I actually listed Kenneth Walker as my final option because I was like, Rashad Penny goes down. And now Kenneth Walker explodes and he has a Najee Harris like season that he did last year. I said, even if he had a Javante Williams like season, mm-hmm. like where, yeah, you don't get many touches, but you're uber efficient. You're making people miss. You're knocking people down. I was like, Javante Williams was like a mid first round pick at one point this offseason until Melvin Gordon came back. So to think, you know, the same thing could potentially happen next year with Walker if he's really, really good. And then all of a sudden now you've got a good young quarterback in there as well. I, you know, I'm there for it as long as it doesn't take too much away from Penny (laughs) and Penny, man, Penny, you son of a bitch. You know, I'm trying, I'm trying to be nice today. You guys are grinding my gears and all these players. Shit. I just, Kenneth Walker. He was my guy. That's why I'm I'm so bent out of shape right now. I love me some Kenneth Walker the third. I actually I think I comped him as like Avante Williams too. So I mean, hey, perfect. Look at, look at that, right? On the ball. Hey, the, <laughs> the Patriots, you know, they're in disarray all over the place. They're shopping their tackles. They're, you know, having running backs retire, and now they lost Tyquan Thornton, rookie collarbone, eight weeks. This really sucks for Mac Money Jones. Mac Money Jones, I got to do that every time, but I mean, don't say that. Mac Mac Jones needs to have a great start to the season. It sucks though because we saw how this was. I, you know what? Okay, I, 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 admittedly, I will say that I was hesitant on giving Taekwon any kind of real push to say he was going to do something very good in this league. But kudos to him because he definitely proved me wrong. Was he overdrafted? 110%. But the plays that he was asked to do and the plays that he was making, he was coming down with. And we've always known. I've always told everybody when it came to Mac Jones, everyone, oh, he doesn't have the arm. He doesn't need the fucking arm because his timing is so good. He he was able to hit Jalen Waddle in stride. And if you, any man can do that, he doesn't need the arm because he can got the timing. Enough said with that. You guys have heard that a thousand times from me. But... This is a big one because now who's going to stretch the field for this team? Devontae Parker is not a, you know, magician when it comes to speed anymore. You know, Nelson Aguilar, okay, you know, Butterfingers. I mean, what are they really going to do now on this offense now for eight weeks when especially you're promoting the fact that you're going to use uh, Harrison Stevenson as your one-two punch? Listen, I have got a one-of-one Mac Jones autograph that was just sent over to Golden Auctions (laughs) that is going to be in their September auction. Sell it now. And I need, I can't, it doesn't go, it doesn't go in an auction until September. It was the earliest I could get it in. So at this point, I need Mac Jones to start off really good this year, because if he doesn't, it could cost me a lot of money Mm -hmm. and I don't want to be cost money. I hear you. And I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news because I'm worried about Mac Jones. I'm worried about about it. Yes, I am. I just, I don't know how a team that, is as is smart is as smart as the Patriots have been for so long. Didn't get Mac Jones more help this off season. Like it just, it baffles me that they spent so much freaking money last year on B tier guys. Yep. And then this year, now they're in a position where they couldn't go after like a top 
offensive linemen that they weren't able to bring in. They weren't able to pay an Allen Robinson or a top wide receiver. Nope. Nope. They got Devontae Parker yeah. <laughs> to be their wide receiver one. Right. So yeah, it it is very concerning because this seems like a very low end offense, like what we saw against your Buffalo Bills last year. That's where right. they're going to run it, run it, run it, run it. And they're just going to pray to God the other team can't stop it. And I think as I'm perusing the depth chart, obviously Kendrick Bourne is there, but he's been making uh, waves on the negative as well, saying he's falling down this depth chart because he's just not working out. Jacoby Myers is not your defense. He is your over the middle guy. Devontae Parker, even if healthy, even if he, you know, corrects his dropping problem that he does have always has had. I mean, okay. He's still not going to be your deep threat. He's going to be your, you know, whatever mid range type of wide receiver. Nelson Aguilar is your only guy that you have left outside of uh LeJordan Th- uh, Humphrey. I mean, I just, I don't see anything very, very good outside of, you know, them being again, what they were with Tom Brady, run the ball, run the ball, dink and dunk down the field. Can Mac Jones support that hundred percent? He can. I just don't like it because I really expected this offense to be a little bit more dynamic, especially with Thornton going down the field, stretching the field. This is what was going to open up the Ramondres in the past game. And then the Harris in the run game. I was looking forward to it, but maybe this trading Isaiah win maybe is what they were trying to do to find themselves a wide receiver. Maybe this is what's happening, but I feel like it's going to work out like it did against the bills where, yeah, you might catch a team off guard the first time, but then the Bills turned around and they're like, yeah, this isn't happening again. And then they couldn't keep up with them the next time that they played. Like if you're going to, you're not like the Bills are definitely not going to fall for it for a second time this season. So at best, maybe you catch them one game, but then you get blown out another game. Uh, Miami is 10 times better on offense this year than what they were last year. So now you're looking at a team where you might not be able to just run the football. You're going to have to throw the football and we'll see what happens with the Jets, obviously not knowing about Zach Wilson and how long he may end up being out and things of that nature. But that offense was looking a whole lot better too. another team that you were going to have to try and keep up with. And the AFC as a whole is just better than it was last year. So like all of your games that you play, you're going to have to play keep up like your, your defense. Maybe I shouldn't say this. Maybe their defense overperformed a little bit last year. Sure I felt too. like, yep. They've overperformed a little bit. Are you expecting the same thing again this year? Because if you don't get it, you're going to find yourself in trouble. Minus JC Jackson, too. That's not good news. So, yeah. Good luck, New England fans. I'm all here for your demise because I saw 20 years of your Tom Brady shit and I'm sick of it. So, you know, <laughs> I'm not sorry, not sorry. But how about the Ravens, man? Isaiah Likely. So I got I to gotta gripe here a little bit because. Okay, I took a lot of the next tight end one based on Twitter, based on Twitter. But I it's the same fucking Twitter that was bashing me for saying I say likely was good. But when he tested, everyone said, oh, he's he's shit. He's not going to do anything. Some guys don't test well. Isaiah likely looked like he was running uphill on his 40 time. I don't know. Maybe it was wet that day and the grass was not fast. I don't know. Some dudes I've been telling you all how many times over on Headliner you when I do a scouting report. Do not put all the stock in the testing. The testing just tells you what their abilities and their capabilities can be. Tape is number one and always should be. And Isaiah likely with Coastal Carolina was a baller. He was unstoppable on the field when given the opportunity. And look what he's doing in the uh, in the NFL in the pre fine. It's preseason. I completely understand. But he's earned 
they earned the role now for potentially the Baltimore Ravens to install more dual tight end sets because now this is a massive, massive mismatch on the field. So then this tells me a lot that that's why they were comfortable in trading away a Hollywood Brown because they could say, Isaiah Likely's falling down this board. If we get him, this is kind of going to morph our offense. Yes, you got Bateman. Okay, but outside of that, Duvernay, do they trust? Prochet, do they trust? Not so much. But I mean, now you got an Isaiah Likely who can play like a wide receiver who's extremely elusive. You got Mark Andrews, who's one of the best in the NFL. And now you can have dual tight ends, help your running game, and be like super explosive off the play action pass. This offense with Lamar Jackson, if this is how they do it with uh, Isaiah Likely, Oh my God, my pants are going to be wet because I will own shares of some of these players. Can we say that Isaiah likely, depending on how they use them, could be like a Kyle Pitts diet version? Mm-hmm. Like you do split them outside a little bit. You put them out in the put them out in the slot. Again, some mismatches there. Don't change anything with Mark Andrews because obviously that's working. So keep all that the same. Um, but I like the two tight end sets a little bit more um, because that's just the way this offense is. And yes, maybe you don't have the deep threat that you did with Marquise Brown, but Deverney can stretch the field. I mean, he, sure. he can get down there. So if you're just looking at for a guy to keep people honest, you know, he can do that. Um, but the nice thing about, you know, normally with these offenses where you'd be like, they don't really, they can't go down the field. They don't have those deep play abilities. You get worried about the, the boxes getting stacked and you worry about, you know, the coverage really taking away that, that middle portion of the field. That can't happen because you still got J.K. Dobbins and you've got Lamar Jackson back there that at any point in time can bust off and go go deep. So you can't just sit in the middle of the field and play that zone and wait for a pass You've got to have your linebackers keeping an eye on either of these guys and moving around. And when your linebackers' eyes are in the backfield, they tend to forget about some of the guys around them. So I don't mind it as much. Now, if it was if it was a like a non-mobile quarterback, then yeah, I would have different issues story. with that. Yeah, yeah then story. it'd be a different story. But you don't have that here. So I'm not really I'm not really that worried about it. You know, Bateman's going to get his. I don't think Bateman's going to be like a wide receiver one. I don't think he's going to put up Marquise Brown numbers. I think he's going to have a good season. I think he's going to be a guy that is going to be fantasy reliable. Mark Andrews, I don't think likely hurts Mark Andrews at all because Mark Andrews is the guy from Lamar Jackson. But the tight end position is a crapshoot anyway. I mean, you trip and fall into the end zone once every couple of weeks, you're going to be a a top 12 tight end. So even if likely finds himself with 30, 40, 50 receiving yards a game, catches a touchdown every few games, maybe ends the season with around seven touchdowns somehow, he's going to be damn close to, to a top probably 15 tight end just on those numbers alone. I love it, man. And you said you said uh, balls and going deep. I think you got to make T-shirts for that for Lamar Jackson. But <laughs> I do like it. I like it a lot, especially for a J.K. Dobbins who is coming back from the injury. I love this for him. Now you're stacking this line that much more. Okay, is likely going to be your consistent blocking tight end? No, he is a pass catching tight end through and through. Can he not? It's it, it's not in, it doesn't inhibit his game that he can't block, but he's not going to be relied upon to do that. But this just gives you that other option where now you are over the middle with dual tight end sets. You have the ability with Lamar Jackson to keep everybody honest because he will run at any time. We've seen it. 
I think this offense is actually better put together. If Isaiah likely continues this path forward, I think they're going to be that much better whole as a whole, rather than, you know, pigeonholing and trying to get into one guy to be the guy kind of like they were trying to do with Hollywood. Hence why I think they got rid of it because they didn't want to have to do that. They want to be, you know, the, the team, like we talked about with green Bay, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to have to spread the ball around. This is kind of what they want to be in, in, in Baltimore. That's how I feel with a Lamar Jackson. This helps his skill set. This helps his passing aptitude where he can be, you know, stretching the field, looking in every direction, finding other wide receivers. So for me, Isaiah likely, I definitely like it. I hope he's going to be a, a good one. Cause he's shown uh, to, you know, proven that he should have some more snaps. I'd like to give a second to pat us on the back real quick because sure. victory lap time. Let's here, go. Here, here's the thing about what we do here. If you, if you're out there listening right now, if I'm in your earbuds, okay, more than likely you've probably been here before, but the podcast has been growing exponentially mm. over the last few weeks. So there might be somebody new out there listening right now that hasn't caught an episode before. This is what I love about what we do here. This conversation that we just had about the Baltimore Ravens, that we had earlier about the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. These are the type of things that people don't think about when they play fantasy sports. They, mm. they don't. And I'm going to say this, and I say this all the time, and I always feel like I have to preface it with, with I'm not trying to knock anybody for this. But for those of you out there that tend to find yourselves as kind of being, you know, a novice fantasy football, you know, fan, maybe you're, you know, maybe you're somebody that just, you know, plays for the year and you don't really, you know, sit around and pay too much attention to football. If you're not like a diehard into it, that's what I love about what we do here. Cause we have these type of conversations that you're probably sitting here going, I have never even thought about like that. Like that never even, even came to my mind, like talking about the Baltimore Ravens right there and what that offense could look like. I don't hear anybody talking about it like that. I don't hear right. either. You're talking about how good Lamar Jackson is, or people are talking about how Marquise Brown being gone is going to end up hurting them. And we just had a five minute conversation on, we don't think it's going to be nearly as bad as people think because of this. And we broke it all down. I love yeah. it when we do that stuff. I love it all day long. I always, man, I've been advocating that, you know, football and fantasy football, they coincide together, whether it become the scouting, you know, rookies and saying, you know, how are these guys going to be in the NFL? It's not just all NFL purpose. It does have fantasy relevance to it. But if you just like football in general, this is what we do. I love it. I love football. Okay. I'm proud to say it. I love football. It's so good. Especially the Buffalo Bills. Especially those Buffalo. I'm going to put my helmet on every Sunday now because, you know, this is our year. Let's go. Go Bills. <laughs> Quickly, before we get into a game to end the show, I want to talk about Logan Thomas. He's coming off the active pup list now off his ACL. Just want to talk about him quickly because he is being extremely slept on. And I get it because the injury, the recovery, what is he going to be is the big question marks. However, you get him pennies on the dollar tight end 26 and full PPR right now. This is a massive potential steal. And am I, am I willing to sacrifice a draft pick for him at this point? Likely not. But I mean, if it is week one, I mean, you're, you're likely going to miss out based on how your waiver priority is going to be. If he does hit Carson Wentz has been known to see support tight ends in the past and he will again. And if Logan Thomas is healthy with a Jahan Dotson with a Terry McLaurin, that middle of the field is also going to be very much open Logan Thomas, definitely someone do not forget about at this point. Yeah, and everyone has forgotten about. Forgotten. I mean, he, even when he's healthy, people forget about him. The That's former right. Virginia Tech quarterback 
making the right. switch to tight end. I feel like he made that switch to tight end with the Lions as well. So mm. kudos to the Lions for doing something right with somebody's career. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone's thinking about him right now. And uh, again, not a guy that you're probably going to want. I think he's going to be a good streaming option. He's sure. a good option if your tight end goes down. Like you said, not really using a draft pick on him right now. But if he comes out and has a couple of decent weeks to the season, keep an eye on him. Keep him on the watch list because he's a guy that could fill in easily. It's almost like he's that guy we know his skill set so well that if he pops off in one game, that's the next week you're picking him up. And and you don't wait two weeks and say, eh, maybe it was just. A-. No, he's the guy. If he pops off, you go get him because it's low rent stash anyway. And then it could benefit you at your tight end position. Kind of like a Dalton Schultz did for a lot of people. When I told you I'll pick up Dalton Schultz, this could be the hey, same type. Of I was season. with you on that one. You were. We definitely had the same I did idea. Like Dalton that. Schultz last year. You were on that. You were on that one for sure. I was on that bandwagon huge. I loved me some Dalton Schultz, but I don't even remember the other Titans name now. Uh, Blake Jarwin. That's right. Yeah. Blake <laughs> Jarwin. He's not even on the team anymore. I was like, wait a second. Who's the other guy again? Yeah, exactly. It was it was low rent for him anyway. He's gone. Let's play a game. It is that time. Fantasy draft season is coming and we got some tough choices to make. People are scrambling. Their heads are exploding. They are tired of making decisions. So let's make it for them, Kyle. Pick a side. Which player do you want better, Etienne or David Montgomery? Etienne, 100%. Me too. I'm on that board too. No garbage time upside for Monty? Convince you? I That offensive line is going to be absolutely horrible. I don't trust there to be holes or anything available for him. <laughs> I agree. There's no hole to be found. J.K. Dobbins or Brees Hall? J.K. Dobbins. Just like that. I like Just Brees like Hall. That. I like Brees Hall, but I think Michael Carter is a very good running back, and I don't think he's going to just disappear. So I like Brees Hall's floor the ceiling, but I think people are going to be disappointed with his ceiling. Okay. Did I just say that backwards? You did, yeah. I'm disappointed with his floor this season. <laughs> Or no, I think he's going to have a decent floor this season. It's his ceiling that I'm worried about. I got what you were putting down. I'm not drunk, I promise. Yeah, I might be just a tad, but hey. (laughs) J.K. Dobbins, though, the injury does not concern you at all? That they might nurse him along? I get it. Gus the bus now, he's out for the first whatever, what, six weeks? But It it concerns me a little bit that he's going to be off to a slow start, and then I can trade for him on the cheap from other people. Look at this. So then draft Brees Hall and then trade for J.K. Dobbins. There, there you go. Best of win, both win. worlds. Win, win. Josh Jacobs or Eli Mitchell? Oh. Here we go. Oh, my gosh. Now that Kenyon Drake is gone, I really want to say Josh Jacobs. But Elijah Mitchell, I did a video on him a couple of weeks ago, breakout candidate. The numbers for there just scream so much potential this season. I think Jacobs and Eli Mitchell are very, very similar in the terms of there's not going to be a ton of upside because I don't think either will get the type of passing game work that you would want, Mm -hmm. but both are going to be very good on the ground. If, if you said gun to my head, who do you think is going to have the better season overall? I would probably say Josh Jacobs due to touchdown potential. I think Mitchell could lose some of that touchdown potential uh, to Debo, to Ayuk to Kittle. He'll have good numbers overall, but Jacobs gets him with touchdowns. Yeah. And this one's one of the tougher ones for me because I'm a fan of both. I'm a fan of both situations right now. I'm leaning at the slightest tiny list, little bit 
to Eli because of Trey Lance and only because of Trey Lance. I think that Lance, See, people are knocking him because of Trey Lance. I'm like, why? I don't know. I don't understand why, because now, so uh. here's the argument. Everyone was talking about who is going to be the deep threat on this San Francisco 49ers offense this year. It's Brandon motherfucking Ayuk. Get ready yeah. for it because he has been connecting with Trey all damn off season. They've been practicing it like every single uh, uh, practice day, like every like a hundred hundred plays. I can't even talk. I'm so excited, but it, this is why it's Brandon Ayuk time. That's why everyone said, okay, Debo signing hurts. Ayuk. No, now you have a guy who can stretch the field with his arm. This is not Jimmy Garoppolo time. This opens up differences in the San Francisco 49er run game that we haven't seen in a lot of years. Now you're going to be seeing teams afraid of the, the Trey Lance deep ball. You're going to see teams afraid of Trey Lance running himself. This benefits. So now we talk about lack of targets or lack of volume. Now we're going to start talking about efficiency rates when it comes to this 49ers offense. And that's why I'm kind of leaning slightly towards Eli, but I do agree that I think Jacobs does likely have more touchdowns. I love the San Francisco offense this year. Oh, it's nice. Like it's- within a two week time frame, I did videos on Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, and Elijah Mitchell telling people, and Trey Lance was probably thrown in there as well because Trey Lance is my QB seven right now in my rankings. There you go. See, and he's he's rising up my board. And too. guess what? And Ayuk doesn't need. And people are gonna be like, "Well, Ayuk's not that type of wide receiver. He doesn't need to be. Ayuk is gonna be in so much single coverage, and he's right. such a good route runner. He's gonna make people fall over and then be wide open. He doesn't have to be a burner. It doesn't have to happen that way. See, and that's oh. a great po- that's a great point because just because you don't have elite wheels doesn't mean you can't go deep and and yeah. out muscle people for balls. Yeah. Those yeah, absolutely. Balls. And if you're on that one-on-one coverage and you are a really good route runner and you That's get right. that first step, that That's first right. step is all the difference there. There are some cornerbacks in the league that even if you get them on the first step, they're going to close and close fast. Not all of them is not going to happen. And that doesn't even worry me as much with Ayuk because I think he's good enough that he's, he's even proven contested catchability is there yeah. and he's going to come down with it. So I'm good with him. Look at us. I love it. I love it can't stop it man you can't stop it damian harris or clyde edwards hilaire oh f me <laughs> i want to no, say neither oh no you got to pick one these people need to know if i had to guess right now i probably go with damian harris i probably i don't love it because i love me some Ramondre stevenson but I think he presents a safer opportunity, especially given what we just talked about a little bit ago with wanting to run the football, then the CEH is broken ass. That's it, man. I'm done. I'm done with CEH. I can't uh, do it. No mo. Yeah. And here's the thing. The argument everyone's still continuing to use on this New England Patriots backfield is the, the multitude of backs that the Bill Belichick loves. They don't have it this year. They have Ramondre. They, they have, have two. That's, That's it. it. That's and it. we see two running backs be viable all the time. All the time. And and this is a situation where we could see it definitely again because strong the rookie, he's not ready. And I mean, they don't have a pass catching back in James White anymore. Left them hampered. So unless they sign somebody or trade for somebody, it's Damian Harris and the and the Drake, right? And I mean don't do it. Don't do it, Bill. I mean, just keep it the way it is because we're all for Damian Harris. I'm for Damian Harris. Unless it's Kareem Hunt. You can have Kareem Hunt so we can unleash Nick Chubb. (laughs) There we go. That's fine too. But it's Damian Harris over CEH. I'll take that all day long. This one's going to hurt because it sucks. Gibby or Miles? <laughs> Gibby or Miles Sanders? Both of them are falling down boards like a madman. If I had to guess, 
I would say Miles Sanders has a better season than Antonio Gibson. Just because I think, I think Miles Sanders coaching staff hates him just a little bit less than Antonio Gibson. <laughs> That's all I got real. for you. I know. I talk about all the deep diving talk, and then all of a sudden, I'm just like, one's coach hates him less. That's why yeah. I'm going with him. It's insane, man. I don't know what's going on with these two. They must have slept with the coach's wives. I have no oh, idea. But... It sucks to see. I just got Miles Sanders in a draft as my RB4, so I'm okay with it. That I'm good with. Yep, I'm okay with it. I'll pass on uh, on Gibby right now because I think that uh, Robinson is going to take a lot of touches this year. Wide receiver time, T. Higgins or grown-ass man, A.J. Brown? T. Higgins. Yeah, I like it. Just quick like that. Quick like a cat, man. He doesn't even think twice. We got a little bit. We're, we're getting back to a little bit of an easier decision there for me. It is. Yeah. And I mean, I'm starting to climb a little bit on AJ Brown for some reason. Talk me off this ledge, but I'm with you. I think T Higgins is the better option, man. Jalen Waddle, Waddle time or your boy DJ Moore. I'll go with Waddle because of the upside. Agreed. He might not be as consistent as DJ Moore will be, but he'll have much bigger games, which is going to end up leading to a better overall season. I'm with you. I, I think that, you know, even with Tua, everyone knocking him down, he's shown that he can, pr- he's proven and shown that he can support fast wide receivers in the past. I'm, I'm with Waddle too. Cortland Sutton or DK Metcalf? Cortland Sutton. Of course. I was just waiting. I was, yeah, I was waiting for a pause. There was no pause. We're on the same page. There's a little pause just because I was like, I don't want to yeah. be too quick with this one. Yeah. <laughs> but you knew in your mind that's the answer. It was like when you get to the end and you're like, hold it just a little bit longer because it's going to feel better. No, never mind. That's right. Yeah. You don't want to. Sorry, wrong podcast. <laughs> Yeah, that one's on Thursdays, man. Keep it clean, man. It's a family show. Gabe Davis or Allen Robinson? Oh, here we go. Um, I have got Gabe Davis higher right now. Ooh. I'm with it. I Again, am with it. Because I'm, maybe he's not as consistent as Allen Robinson, but I think his big games are going to be a lot bigger than A-Rob. Do you know where I'm at with this right now? Because I've been such a preacher of an Allen Robinson this offseason. Like everywhere I'm talking about Allen Robinson. Gabe Davis, to me right now, this in this offense, because of how good they looked in that Denver preseason game, that was their tune-up. And I just, I wanted to see it. I just said, I want it. Josh Allen, they said he'll play like the first quarter, depending on how they operate. It was like fucking bam, 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 touchdown, Gabe Davis. Everybody off the field, Everybody we're done. Off. We're done for the night, you guys. Out of the pool. That's it, man. And I mean, I truly believe that Gabe Davis could be a wide receiver alpha one in any offense in this league. That's how good I believe Gabe Davis is. I just think that they were hesitant to utilize him in certain situations. I'm with Gabe this year. If he doesn't do it this year, then I'll eat my words. I completely will. But I could definitely see Josh Allen supporting 2,000-yard wide receivers in this offense with Eve. Yep, hundred percent. Hundred. I love it. Percent. This one's gonna hurt too, man. Hunter Renfro or Brandon Ayuk? Brandon Ayuk. That wow. was a pretty easy one for me. No hesitation. None. Wow. I I am a big fan of that 49ers offense. Yeah, okay. Okay. I was like thinking this one's gonna stump him a little bit. Uh. Uh-uh. Did not. Wow. I wouldn't even. No love. This could be for a million dollar buy-in. If that wow. draft pick came up, I would press Brandon Ayuk so quick wow okay okay i wouldn't even second guess myself either and i love me some hunter renfro look at hunter renfro is is out there you know 
showing a little bit of love to us white guys who just don't look athletic and all of a sudden out of nowhere, they're like, he yeah. can ball a little bit. Just a little bit. Love me some Hunter Renfro. Ayuk's yeah. in for a huge season. I agree. I'm I'm with it too, man. I got Ayuk as my wide receiver three in one league as well. So think about that one. <laughs> it's glorious all day long, but that's it, man. That's all. We got preseason week three coming up and it's glorious. The season is coming closer. I'm excited. I almost forgot that there's only three preseason games now. That's right. Yeah. That's good. I almost forgot that. Cause I was thinking the other day, I was like, well, we've got a couple more weeks left. And I was like, Oh wait, there's only one more week of preseason left. Cause part of me was like, why are some of these starters playing for so long? Yeah. And then I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Duh. There's only three weeks. That's why That's they're right. playing a little bit longer. Cause they won't play that much this week. It was the best decision the NFL ever made was chopping that fourth preseason game. And they should take it down another one. I'm okay with it too, but actually I'm not. I like seeing the rookies pan out. Three is good. Three is good. I understand. Two would be better, but whatever. But hey, on that note, let's get the hell out of here, man. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. To all the listeners, thank you for all the support. And until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out.